through it. I thought you really just liked to yeah, show that it. That happened like five minutes into us being here. So No, I, I remember you mentioning the shorts, but I didn't follow the conversation through to the point where I realized they were the actual You're same You were busy. Shorts. I thought you just it. liked them. I thought I enjoy wearing the same fucking shorts. They're very similar. Not so, exactly. welcome to Jacob V Weekly. We are uh, in the, the, the cat hair beat lab uh, with Blinded by Stereo. This is blinded by stereo. You know, I see you, you guys' hear the intro everywhere. I like the intro okay. jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it played yeah. like I 10 minutes hear ago. It. I, <laughs> I don't have a speaker hooked up. I didn't want anything to bleed. But you don't bro. edit. What are we going to do? No, no, no. I'll edit this one because we're not okay. live. We right. had to edit the other one because we didn't do it live either. Okay. Okay. It'll go out immediately. Yeah. But uh, I'll click. I mean, you know, I just copy that. I'm not questioning. You got it. Yeah. Joe, could you patronize us a little bit more? About the posters? No, I mean, no, I'm serious. I do. I, you guys are like uh, town famous. Town famous. Yeah, we're definitely we're real big amongst the rental car community. We're yeah. big in the rental car community. <laughs> we're huge. There's no doubt. Up, way up top the ladder too. Enterprise is based here, and they're the execs are coming, I mean, right? Yeah, the, yeah, they're the primary um, benefactor really in this whole equation. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That and Levi's khakis. Yeah, that and <laughs> cargo shorts. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, things don't make sense. This is what mental illness looks like, people. Agreed. So, um, so here we are. Now, so Matt, you and I were talking a little bit. Now, I'm here with uh, Eric and Matt Hello. and Tyler. Hey. And of course, as always, Joe is here. Uh, and uh, we're actually all in a band. Joe's not in the band, but the rest of us are in a band. And I got to book this whole weekend at the Heavy Anchor. We're uh, launching our Patreon tomorrow night, July 23rd, at the Heavy Anchor um, with my usual band and then we kind of get to play our first kind of rock show i kind of joined this band during covid yeah right and so i mean and kind of well into it it was definitely summertime i think it's been a year right oh it's definitely been a year yeah. since because a year ago we were at sawhorse You're still learning the song names yeah. and um <laughs> no so we we started Eric and I started the band in october of 2019 and so pre covid yeah and so <clears throat> kind of by the time we got found Tyler and really had enough material down and were solid enough to start gigging, COVID happened. And so we started recording and then uh, that's kind of where stuff starts to come through where it's like, you know, something's missing. And, and, you know, the three of us were kind of talking about how we needed that fourth element to kind of bring some melodic stuff to it and so eric mentioned he knew a guy and, i know uh, a guy that's exactly how it went mm -hmm. and uh we we met our our, our buddy jake so Me. yeah yeah great so <laughs> um how do you guys describe um i mean because i guess we've been promoting the show uh, and so how do you guys kind of describe the let's get the genre part out of the way kind of what the the music sounds like because it's not like we've been able to gig it into the ground and um the album we talked about is not out yet. Mm -mm. It's uh, in the works. Yeah, so power pop, garage sound is yeah. kind of what we're going for. I'd say pop is probably the heavier influence. Yeah. Um, Up-tempo, uh, shit you can dance to. Eric, what do you think? Yeah, didn't we come up with some sort of a term? Or it? power pop was Thin just the, poorly the executed, simple one. Well, <laughs> yeah, that, that's... that's <laughs> I don't remember, remember high octane power pop high there octane there power pop ah. yeah yes yeah so i'm really excited about the show saturday because i think the two bands will complement each other really well there'll be cool guitars there will be uh uh loud drums uh, i think they'll sound good but there'll no be ibanez there'll, there'll be what ibanez why not 
I don't know. You said cool guitar, so I was thinking of yeah. We'll do a like a fan fret thing. You know what I mean? Whatever you need. Um, so let's talk about some of the stuff a little bit. I think a big part of the audience of the show are people that know me from guitar gear kind of stuff mm-hmm. and and whatnot. And I definitely have a lot of drummers that listen to the show that love um, things like vintage Ludwig kits and whatnot. So um, let's test that out a little bit. We want to start making it a habit to kind of talk about these things. So what what are some of the what are some of the the sounds you guys kind of look for when you're um, when you're playing in a band context? I know Eric likes a like a like a snare drum from the bottom of the ocean. Not really. <laughs> Loose and just and wet. <laughs> wet. With a rusty uh, snare on the bottom, mm-hmm. you know, the cat skin. A rusty snare bottom. That sounds like a sex <laughs> term. A, it's actually where we're playing our next show. <laughs> oh, the rusty snare bottom. <laughs> yeah. So we're literally in my, my basement looks like Sanford and Son right now, but like if like, a, or if you had, um, I'm sure there's rooms like this at Record Exchange, right? Full of just kind of. Yeah, but not this kind of quality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Top top shelf stuff over here. No, at Record Exchange, you can get bottom of the barrel turntable at the top line price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full full retail. How much is that one? Oh, yeah. that's three hundred and fifty dollars. One that. thing I posted on Instagram when we were at Sawhorse making this record, and I want to talk about Sawhorse a little bit too, is um, your Ludwig kit that I took the picture of for for Instagram. What is that one again? The one that we recorded all the songs on. I think it was the black oyster one. Oh, that's a Slingerland kit. Slingerland kit. Yeah, it's a 64 Slingerland. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. And then symbols usually, are you always kind of on the same I thing? have the same symbols I've had for 10 years now. Yeah. Yeah, so I use a pair of um, late 60s hi-hat Zildjans, mm-hmm. uh, two Peisty crash symbols that were prototypes, and so they're one-offs. Yeah. And um, I use a, a Zildjian ride, K, dark K, yeah, dark K ride. And then, so I feel like there's kind of a retro kind of vibe amongst the gear, or kind of the tones that we're using in general, and that I'm I'm trying to talk up a little bit here. So, um, uh, one of those things I think kind of the signature tone of the record is going to be your SG Matt with the the. You used your Princeton on the recordings too, or did he have an amp there we used? No, I used the Princeton. Yeah. Or no, uh, it's a it's a deluxe reverb. So you didn't start off playing guitar. You started off playing bass. Uh well, I started off playing guitar and then So okay, so go ahead and since we're editing things apparently, joking. <laughs> there will be no edits. Um tell me about that. Okay. So tell me about you. So you did start on guitar. I thought for some reason you told me you were a bass player. I was. So I play, I started playing guitar and, um, you know, I am left-handed. So I also bought a bass because when you're left-handed, it's just, you're the lone, you're in the lonely hearts club there yeah. when it comes to other people's gear. So I, I'd never played bass. So I bought this bass and then what ended up happening was I just, because I owned a bass, I became the bass player. Um, yeah. so I played bass for 15 years or so in, in a bunch of bands and I can also sing harmonies. So that was always useful. And, um, <clears throat> but you know, when I moved out here, well, I've been in a bunch of bands and and maybe you've you've had this happen to you before, Jake, but you know, you're in these bands and you get really attached to the music and you get really excited about the shows and, and they become your songs, you know. But then if the singer decides that they're out, then the band is done. And they walk away with a whole bunch of music that 
you helped to make and all that stuff and recordings of it and everything. And then you're just sitting there as the bass guy, you know what I mean? So it's like, you, you don't get any of the, the net benefit at the end. So, um, so I've been writing bass songs. players get, get the raw deal. Yeah. And that's why I have you here. <laughs> cause that's so complicated. Cause I've struggled with that. And part I, of it, and I, you did not set this up, but part of the thing we're doing with Patreon that we're launching tomorrow at the heavy anchor, July 23rd is, um, that there's like some material I have that's left over that I've never felt right. Releasing onto like my normal platforms, like Spotify or whatever, because right. it's like, I made it with other people. Now I, I usually sing and play guitar and stuff. So I'm on the other end of that equation, sure. but it's always like, I don't want other people to feel like I'm sliding them or undercutting any of the work we did. But if you have a baby and you're busy and you're not playing music anymore, you know, I mean, I'm glad we have the document of the music we made, but it's like, what do we do with it once a, you know, like once a band falls apart, especially if you're on the end where you're not like the person who's leading a lot of the material where it's something you would use in a meaningful way. Like in my set, we play stuff from kind of all the bands I've been in yeah, that I've kind of written and whatnot. But like I played with Caroline last night in Nine Mile Garden, if, you know, if she, if she moves away, like I'm not going to play her songs with other people. That doesn't make any sense. Right. So that gets kind of dicey in a rock band thing though. Cause it's cause playing even bass or drums or something like you're, you're kind of doing a lot of the arranging, even though it's not, you're not writing the song maybe in the traditional sense, but you're certainly producing it. Yeah. I mean, it's just the, the problem is that the material goes away. So as a bass player, you, you can't, you can't be a one man bass player show typically unless you're less claypool i guess but like you know for me it just it wasn't going to be something so then i i felt like i was attached to somebody else's project always and um there's kind of a bass player syndrome we've talked about on the show before (laughs) where you're not connected to um and i say this as a bass player right i mean when because i play bass sometimes that and i started off that way that um you're not engaged in the like uh the front of the material or the core of the material in a way that you are um that the singer or guitar player might be attributed to so like you um some bass players overreach and trying to find other ways to kind of um yeah you know just to participate and sometimes that that's really great and then sometimes it's not i'm not talking about you i'm talking about me you're very, very self-conscious right now yeah, yeah. and tyler, so tyler feels attacked tyler i guess you're wondering why we gathered you here today <laughs> yeah no, yeah, yeah no i feel all love you this is an intervention this, this is, is a base intervention <laughs> um this is a base heavy so, conversation okay, so your draw to the guitar or back to the guitar as a full-time thing was you know you wanted to be uh and you wanted to be yeah, well, when I, I don't want to say in control lot, right? of because you're not. It's it's not that you wanted to be in control of the material, but it's that you wanted to invest in it deeper and be more connected yeah. to it. Well, and here's the thing. So, uh, you know, I I think from what you're talking about, Jake, when we talk about our four person band unit, I, I think we're all pretty collaborative. And and to your point, there's a lot of arrangements that happen, and everybody contributes. Um, so I'm not trying to say that it's you know there's no creativity amongst the other members of the band that's not my point at all but when i moved here so i, I moved here now in 2019 now i think maybe there was even the illusion well i mean <laughs> you made it an option it's like when i say is that racist and no one thought it was racist until i <laughs> until i'm the one that said is that racist and it's like well actually it's kind of fucked up that you would even can no one was me- you know what i'm i'm not i can't with with joe here we can't go down that rabbit hole because yeah, who right. knows what he'll Listen, say if, right. i don't want to break up on the podcast is really yeah. all i want I just can what we is just your opinion this? on civil rights on civil rights 
We'll get to Israel and Palestine here in a minute too. Ooh, but no. we're doing um, no, we're talking. I remember your brother's. Uh, oh, he, <laughs> he was on winging it on that he one. He was winging it. He go, whoa! Did I make the wrong decision? Did I make the wrong choice? <laughs> um. So yeah. So you were saying. Um. So that was your draw to is you wanted to write songs and kind of. Um. From well, the and I had been writing songs. So yeah. I had been always been writing songs, but um, when I moved from so i lived in la for a long time and then i moved here in 2019 and i was looking for a project to get involved with um and it just it wasn't really materializing spike it um it wasn't really materializing and we we you know craigslist is a is a sometimes scary place and so miss. i uh i just said you know what screw trying to be part of somebody else's deal i'm gonna just run with these tunes and so then i met eric how um, i don't remember that Craigslist. He he made this Craigslist ad that was like, doesn't any, doesn't anybody just want to fucking rock? <laughs> I mean, it was like, what was it? It was like, doesn't uh, everybody like want to play verse jam song? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just yeah. three chord barn burners, and doesn't anybody want to do something like that? I, I want to talk about that because I think you and me are probably riding similar trends, and that we like things like that that are like groovy and, and high energy and up tempo and kind of grimy and kind of like you know and it doesn't without being like metal or like yeah o overly you know um so i so i totally understand and i want to talk about that as a, a as retro a, kind of a, a retro dirty garagey sound yeah i mean and yeah. sometimes it feels like there's plenty of that and then sometimes it's like everyone's doing stuff with their laptop and a cello and it's like what are we guys can <laughs> can we and we don't have the scene here like in in la i can imagine that there's um enough people trying to do stuff that there's more options but if something really catches on here it's not like we have a thousand venues especially now to like cycle through things so sometimes sometimes it feels like the stuff that we like is kind of out of favor um uh, i don't feel like that right now because yeah. we have a great we have a great weekend booked at the heavy anchor july 23rd and 24th at the heavy anchor if you kids like rock and roll you're definitely going to want to go to the heavy anchor friday Coming July twenty third, post COVID, Saturday, good time. So, July twenty fourth. Okay, so you were writing songs, and you met Eric because he had a does, doesn't anyone want to rock Craigslist ad? Yeah, and then so you already had some songs that you kind of wanted to work out with a drummer. Yep. How many? Do I know any of those? They're all part of it. Yeah. yeah. So and I and I was right actively writing. So uh, you know, uh, forever in a day. I had just written when I met Eric, and we kind of vibed on that tune and. Uh, same thing with East Across the Plains. Those are songs that I had just written. I demoed them in my closet and sent them over to Eric, and he connected with the material. And we just we got along right away. Like he, <laughs> Eric has uh, a bunch of cool tattoos, and we connected on the fact that he's got a Smiths tattoo. So I was like, <laughs> all right, we're we're gonna be buddies. And uh, yeah, it just it, it really worked out. We tried a couple bassists out, and they were garbage. And then we met T Dog over here. Who, now, okay, uh, so this is interesting too because. T Dog, you're from Tyler. I keep calling you T Dog. Is it? It's a kind of a pet name that I kind of. <laughs> pet name. And I didn't I mean feel for more it to comfortable stick. with T Dog. Yeah, I didn't mean. I didn't mean for it to stick. Like where Matt would be calling you that. So, but you're from Philadelphia. Yeah, Matt and I have kind of a similar journey. Is I mean, we we grew up on the East Coast. I'm from Philly, and then I spent a lot of years in LA as well, and then we ended both ended up here in the We're Midwest. All from the East Coast. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I, was born I mean, in Philly I'm too. not. No, that's three. Are. That's why we're over here. Three, you're like born yeah. and bred in Kirkwood. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, hey, similar. <laughs> <laughs> we should have video going. So, 
You're from Philadelphia. Then what happened? <laughs> you met you, you met Matt. In, again? You met Matt in L.A. I thought. No, no. We just uh, have a similar uh, trajectory like that. We started on the East Coast. Oh yeah. Lived in L.A. and now we ended up here. So you guys didn't know each other in L.A. I no, we didn't know each other until here. And I answered the same ad that, oh. that, that Eric Rowney just put bass player instead. Of. <laughs> he refreshed it after seven yeah. days. He said, I took, yeah. I took the singer guitar player off and just put bass player with yeah. the same ad. Same ad. Yeah. Like, Brilliant. Yeah. And then it was, I don't know, it was a month or a month and a half after you guys got together that, yeah. I, that I came and we... We have been in Eric's basement ever since. Yeah, yeah. So let's get back to the the sound part a little bit. So, um, so when you're you were writing these songs, you could have done the acoustic guitar coffee house guy thing. Yeah. I mean, so what? I mean, what about the song? Because I have this problem too, where I like I'm kind of the central thread in a lot of my material, and you know, drummers move away all the time, and so um, I kind of got sick of labeling things as bands, even though it's always built around the sound of a band. I don't do really acoustic shows. My material's not really suited for it. So, I mean, not that you couldn't do these in another arrangement, but what made you want to seek out like a full volume, like in, 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 at first a power trio kind of thing? Um, you know, you know, when we talk about the sound, I could have done an acoustic guitar thing, but I just I wanted something that people could dance to and could get get going with. You know, when when you're playing shows, I thrive on the energy of the crowd and i've been in bands where it's kind of a snooze fest and you just you feel like what am i doing up here um and so i just wanted something that was hopefully going to get people to to have a guttural reaction and just want to kind of move to the music so that's really the theme behind what it is and um <clears throat> the the problem is is that you're you, you can't carry the whole thing you need to have the the drums to be tight and uh explosive the way that eric plays and you know have jake on the on the low end and or uh, uh tyler on the low t-dog. end t-dog pardon tyler me. T-dog. the t-dog and and you know jake what you add from a melodic standpoint so it's just like i i knew that i wasn't going to be able to carry the whole project i, I needed to have a, a band and so that's what i was looking for when i was going on all these craigslist ads but you Doesn't know, anyone want to rock anymore? It's like a, we're plugging Craigslist. What it, happened to rock? It was the perfect question at the time, though. Yeah, rock's not because dead. I was Craigslist at my wit's not end, a sponsor you know? yet. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Craig, if you're listening, <laughs> we're giving you some good plugs here, guy. Yeah, if you want to start a rock band, you know what? I've had the worst experiences on Craigslist too, though. Yeah, I had like I had to go sit. I had to go to Overland. This was recently, and are you joining another band? No, because it was what awful. The- uh, this is a few months ago. I, really? You're trying out for a fifth band? Come on, dude. Uh, I don't think I was doing the Caroline thing yet. Uh, and the, you know. So, um, so what, I, we what was jealous. going on? Was, we get jealous. So I had to go watch five old men fight about how to play <laughs> songs that are a hundred years old. Like, it was a nightmare. <laughs> what songs were you guys playing? Oh my God. Um, Just give us some. <laughs> I don't have a single Rock fucking and roll the music. Uh, it was like... Um, Mary Jane last there, anything uh, no, anything Tom with Petty like uh, I think the best one the best one they were doing was Can't You Hear Me Knocking by the Rolling Stones that was well, also probably one. that was also probably the newest one of my faves that was the newest one I mean, that, that was, was the most cutting edge so the what material were you gonna play in this keyboard band? okay that Nord I bought that Nord so I was trying to make some money to pay for the Nord ah uh, and they had gigs lined up they said we need a keyboardist for a couple of blues gigs I said done I thought I could go and sit in and they'd uh-huh. be impressed that I could play a little keyboard yeah. and then 
and they were very uh, particular and and just not having a good time. Really? Yeah, they were not fun. It does sound awful. Well, and so that's the I antithesis. I think I was there for like 45 minutes. But like, that's the antithesis of what we're trying to do. You know, yeah. like we want to be a fun band. We just want to have a good time. You don't have to think too hard about the music you can just have a good time to it you know what i mean And i think if you want to think about it and you want to think about the lyrical content i think you know just coming from me being the, the songwriter but i i think that they're i think it's there in terms of songwriting and, and lyrical content but you don't have to you can you can just shake your ass and, and have a good time and that's my mom will definitely good mom, yeah. i i hope that she does because that's part of the whole deal you know what i mean like that's so and talk to me about that a little bit with um now that things are reopening i mean we couldn't have done a show a year ago no. when we were first learning and crafting the material it just wasn't an option right so is there an is there a value that's been added do you think to live music that i mean not just that you're looking forward to but is that part of the appeal Hopefully, I is that, so. I mean, none of these big shows that are coming to town are this month. You know what I mean? It takes right. a long time for National Acts to get up and running, but the appetite is there for live music in a way that, um, you know, is obviously repressed. Yeah, I think everybody long. wants to just get out again. Yeah. I mean, playing shows, seeing shows, whatever it is, man. Everybody just wants to been hunkered down for a year and change. It's like, I just want to get out and do anything. I mean, yeah so like what what else would you do surf. you know sports and yeah that was the first thing joe said to me are you a surfer how do you, you surf like, in the midwest you know how does so that go when he on the mississippi you get a barge going you yeah. catch that yeah. fucking well, what's wave that river, what's that river outside yeah, use slip and slide. The, the river du pair des perez yeah, just clarify perez. again no yeah, I, the I, river don't, I don't surf. Surf. so is there ever like an opportunity to surf that oh way? yeah did you, surf? you didn't surf enough, did you i've been surfing one time yeah i think i have to wear like a wetsuit yeah because it's cold water. Yeah. Pacific's pretty cold, yeah. Yeah. Why well, is that? I Thermal dynamics. Not See, now that's what I was looking for. Answer. Joe, can wow. you look up thermal dynamics? Give me a rundown. I don't, I don't look it up, Joe. Dynamics. Joe, don't look it up. Yeah, first don't let's look just, it up, Let's Joe. just let that one Joe, lie. let it yeah. lie. Yeah. Don't look it up. It's not true. Listen, if you're over there texting a Nigerian about puppies, <laughs> pull the ripcord, brother. Get out of it. Joe's got some shady shit going on over there, man. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's fucking trying to buy kratom from some guy named carl what is kratom <laughs> i don't even know you have the plug on kratom you got the kratom plug kratom plug, kratom plug. yeah i'm not convinced your mic is on it's on are you sure yeah it's on okay is it on yeah oh yeah we're gonna Speak leave from the diaphragm make sure yeah, you yeah. leave that one yeah. in my mom loves when we have those conversations you just really got to make sure you're punching it with yeah, your right. with your gas <laughs> um surfing kratom kratom uh surfing on kratom kratom i barely know him <laughs> sorry <laughs> stupid <laughs> can edit that right eric is not pleased to be here you he's look, listening to us be assholes on the microphone he's just he's like texting he's got I, better things i, I to got do. other things i gotta go on so talk to me about some of the negative bass player experiences on craigslist before before t-dog came along and saved the day eric's got a great what was the one the guy said Said you were playing too loud. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I hit one of my cymbals, and he like, and went, act, "Whoa, whoa!" Yeah, he acted like he was going to fall down on the ground. That was NPR dad, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this guy was like from Kirkwood. Yeah, you might uh, know him. Yeah, I probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? Because you're from Kirkwood. I, Just auditioned for his band. I, I did grow up in Kirkwood after I got kicked out of Catholic school in kindergarten. Like, uh, uh, so NPR dad. Let's was get cool. into that. We will. <laughs> Like when he first showed up, he seemed cool, you know. Like he 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 had a dude. He had like a '60s fretless uh, P bass, I think, or something. Like he had some cool gear, and he showed up, and um, 
was just a fucking wet blanket dude like he just like you know it started off with all this promise and he liked all these cool bands and then he he was just not zero personality yeah no personality and like you know jake it's funny because you're talking about like the the up-tempo part of the band like this guy was not vibing with it at all then when as soon as he said that the uh the drums were too loud. It, J- uh, so Eric goes, dude, this guy's not going to work. He, he said something about my drumming. And I was like, oh, well, I'm sure it's fine. Like, whatever. And then, like, I think it was like three hours after that conversation, he sent a, an email like, guys, I've got to pursue some other things. And like, he at least he selected himself out. But then <clears throat> after that, I don't know if I told you this, Eric, but he sent me some personal email like, bro. Listen, I think we had we had like kind of a vibe going on. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. like, I think, we, you know. That we drummer could, guy, though. He just that's exactly hits those cymbals like, too damn just, loud. Yeah, he's like, he hits the drums too hard or whatever. And I'm like, wow. Like, just talk so, about not yeah, reading NPR the room. Did he show up like with no, he didn't learn any material at all. Well, right? That's a guitar guy that came through. Oh, yeah. That was that was the guy that, that finally. Oh, let's not. Yeah, that's a whole nother. That's animal. let's not talk about. That. No, the bass player. I thought he kind of knew the stuff and what. Yeah, he knew the stuff. He, but he he really need. He was more geared for like a John Mayer tribute band. Well, he he was like, dude, this sounds like <laughs> like this song. If we slowed it down, it would sound like Elliot Smith. And I'm like, you know, and I love me some Elliot Smith, but I'm like, that's not the vibe, man. It's not even close. You that's know? A, so, that'll really pump the room up. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll whisper in the mic. That'll get you dancing. <laughs> he, I mean, you know, so like. I think, you know, we've got kind of a general rule that we don't want to play songs by guys that killed themselves. So, like, we're just, we're, we just want to have a, a positive vibe. That's a disclaimer on the Craigslist ad. Yeah. Deal, Would you, you know call it I mean? family friendly? Yeah, why not? Sure. Well, and, and I purposely don't write. I'm thinking we could start doing matinees. Yeah. We could do, I mean, we're open to. Would you, you really, do a food truck matinee? Really? I mean, I, I get a. At least eight eight in the morning, Jake. So we could do a matinee for sure. I think. Do, what time do you get up in the morning? By definitely by nine. Nine. Okay. So yeah. So we could early nine. afternoon. We're good, yeah. dude. Yeah. I mean, we're I don't good. have to be work till eleven. Okay. Good for you. Sometimes I go in earlier. Nine is a good gig. Sleeping in for me. Yeah. Me too. It used to be for me. You work That's lunch for at me. eleven every day. What do you mean? That's awesome. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's just not open before then, so it's really not economical for me to be there burning the clock <laughs> when it's not open. Yeah. Okay, touche. Yeah. Makes sense. I, I I maybe, just, I'm yeah. just jealous. Is what what this is? is no, it's, I got. I was at work by seven every day for no, 10, I know for, for ten years. So I do like yeah. the morning. I love getting up when the sun is just coming up, and you get your four diet cokes, and it's just you know it's going to be a good day. Are you a morning person, Jake? Yeah, absolutely. Like really? I'm not. I'm not a night owl at all. No, I know. I don't like. Yeah, my wife gets like super energy at night and will be productive and do things and stay up till five in the morning. I'm not like that. That's yeah. how my wife is, and I'm the total opposite. That's weird. Yeah, I'm I'm not a morning guy at like, all. Like I even get like grumpy. Like if it's too late, I'm like, come on, what are we doing? Especially now that I don't drink. Like when I was a kid, it was really bad. And then when I was partying, it wasn't so bad. But now that I don't <laughs> now that I don't drink, it's like, what am I doing? It's if I see it's past twelve o'clock, I'm like, fuck, I'm late for bed. Yeah. Even though I I could eat, go to the bed at you know one and be fine but. so like i have this complex where like I, it's like a seventh grader complex where it's like i if i have to if i force my i have to force myself to go to bed because i just i never liked having a bedtime and i always wanted to stay up super late and like i, I go and then you know instagram is like this wormhole that just sucks your life away and so i'll get on this tangent and i won't I'll, you know you'll look up and it'll be 1 2 o'clock in the morning it's like shit i gotta go to work tomorrow 
But I just I just like staying up late. I mean, I don't know if this is interesting content for your podcast. No, no, it's really good. Yeah, no, we uh, start. People, we're warming up. People we're warming like this up. type of thing. Yeah, yeah we're, I think Eric and Joe are texting each other. <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe this shit? Let's get out of here. This is Eric. Can you believe these fucking self righteous assholes? Who gives a fuck? Who gives a shit? Who doesn't like Elliot Smith? Shut up and play the bass. I love Elliot Smith. I'm not saying. No, I, I was just no. It's like well, really, you any kind of suggestion when you're just showing up is really annoying. Yeah. Like they're like, you know, we could be really doing like an ABBA thing if you guys really want to do that. It's like, well, can you just play this part? Yeah, exactly. You know, you earn the right to start shaping the content there, buckaroo. It's so funny. Yeah. It, but it is, to top it off, he chose like, you, we could be really doing like a Jack Johnson thing, <laughs> you know, if you guys really wanted to. And that's when I said, it seems like, to me that maybe pretty much always means no. Yeah, right. Yeah. But to round out the bass part of this, so it was like a month Good after one. you guys got together, and then I learned what was it was like forever in a day. I was like three or four tunes, and it was a good, good first session. I came back. We just kind of kept kept going, and then we waited like, well, then, <laughs> then we how about like five six months into it, we've recorded. Yeah, so we went into the studio in March of 2020, but which studio? Uh, Sawhorse Studio. Awesome. So Jason McIntyre. What's he got? Is the producer Jason McIntyre? Yeah, yeah he's well the, the engineer. engineer. He doesn't want credit to be the he, he did the producer. He he did a really good job of what the Jakey, you're looking nimble. Did look, at any, that. Did, look at that. Did he have any creative engineering approaches to what you guys wanted? Hey, isn't that Ford? He. Yeah, I mean, he has some good notes, but it was funny. We put... Is it from Falco? You know, it was Falco's board. He recorded Rock Me Amadeus on that console and then sold it to J-Dog. I didn't really? know that. Right? Did I make that up? Well, you, you made a, Are you, a is that, Snide Did Lamar. that get caught on the mic? Well, no, you made a Snide... So what Jake had said was that uh, uh, Jason's uh, mixing console at Sawhorse was previously owned by the band Falco. <laughs> Who did Rock Me Amadeus? What kind, of, forget what kind that of mixing one. board was it? I think it was a Neve console. Well, no fucking way. I'm pretty sure. That's dope. Yeah. What kind of uh what kind of, what was your favorite piece of gear he had? Uh he's got a lot of kick ass gear, but he's got a bunch I mean we didn't utilize it at all, but he's got a shitload of B three Hammond organs. Oh wow. Which are pretty cool. He's like a keyboard guy, I think. Oh yeah. So didn't Jake use that on no? No, I think he set up his shit on top of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I mean, Jake but put I, his Casio on top of a B three. Yeah. <laughs> so he was more of an engineer than a producer, for sure. But what's good about him is that he's really good at helping you get a good performance. I, yeah. you know, I, I've recorded in a lot of different places, and, and maybe you have too, Joe. But like, you're you feel like you're under the gun. You're paying for this stuff, right? And um, part of the ethos of our album that we're making is no shortcuts right so we've we've done a lot of everybody has done different projects over the years and they've been on the cheap and maybe you know you know a guy who does this recording in this basement and it never really turns out the way you want it to so we just said we're going to go to a pro studio with a pro guy um and so there's a huge difference in that where you know jason's livelihood is making sure that he gets great takes out of the people yeah. that are that are playing and uh that was I think for me, the best part of the experience was the fact that he was there to guide, especially from a vocal standpoint, because he knows. That's what I noticed. 
is that he would he would punch in for sure just with feedback just to say like this is what you're trying to do yeah and so let me sing it back to you and not like he's thinks of himself as no. a great singer yeah. but that he could vocalize it and saying what you're trying to do is you know blah 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 i don't have an example of a note or, or sure, a no, line but, but and it, it, you're right it does like you do feel under the gun a little bit, but he creates like a very oh yeah cool calm atmosphere. And there's guys Not, like that. We've had this band and, Ground Control on this show before, who work with this guy Sam at Shock City, who yeah. you know ha, ha, is like emotionally invested in their material. He just wants them to really love it, and yeah. he wants them to sound good. So he doesn't like try to change anything, but he helps them. Tra- he tries to coach them into the take that he knows is going to translate the right way, which is you know exactly like. Especially yeah. Jason's a keyboard guy. So for me coming in there to play keyboards, he had some cool stuff. Um, we could talk about the stuff I brought. You know, I have that cool Moog that yeah. um Moog Moog that uh I I know it's supposed to be Moog I think and I can Moog. defend it. But I always say Moog. Because and, I don't want to so, be. But a it can't fucking... be Moog, Jake. It's, if it's Moog, then why did they name it Mooger Fooger? Because everyone was saying is it I'm just Moger saying his, his name was pronounced Moog is the thing. I know, but it's that Moger Froger, bro. It's Moger. Really? It's Moger Froger, dog. I thought it was Mooger Fooger. No, that's exactly what I'm saying. And that's the fucking, that's the globalist propaganda. <laughs> they're trying to siphon off the resources and they're fucking going to space, Joe. Uh, Jeff Bezos' rocket. Jeffrey Bezos. That's the, uh, Jeffrey Bezos. Is that the band that's opening or? Yeah, Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey rocket. Bezos and the Rocket Brothers. Yeah, cock, so, cock Rocket. Did you find yourself arranging your songs any differently when you're in the studio? Uh, no. We had we. So you were just cleaned up. You're just like, let's just go in. Yeah, Eric. Did boom, we? Boom, boom. We didn't change any of the uh, arrangements. Or this guy's in the, studio, the band. Did we? Eric plays drums in the band. Yeah, I do a lot. He's the quiet, cool type, though. No, uh, no, we we just went in there. We would hammer out the stuff uh, live, the basic drum tracks, so get them done. Did we do that to a click? Yes. Yeah, yeah most of it. Yeah, and the keys di so that we could do do it like that. We did some not that way, not to a click, but the ones that are really finished, finished for for the mastering process, those were all to a click. I think. I think so. There may be one or four, two. Yeah, there's like two that are not. So I do want to get into the, the nitty gritty of some of the 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 details here about uh, some of that. So the way we tracked this record is that we, um, we set up in the big room at Sawhorse together. Yeah. Right. We had the drums all mic'd up exactly the way we want them to sound. And to our in-ear mixes, we had uh, our headphone mixes. We had the click and then other stuff. The guitar amp was mic'd in another room. Yeah. You sang into the, into just a normal mic yeah. in the room that we didn't use those vocals takes. It was the scratch track, right? Thank God. And so the drums are really the only thing we kept from the scratch track for the most part. Yeah. And that was what the, well, and some, some of the bass, but I think majority of what we were doing for those first couple days was just trying to get clean drum takes. Yeah. And the drums um, turned out really, really good. Really I love not yeah. only the performances, of course, and we all love Eric and, and how hard he hits those motherfuckers, but also that the... <laughs> except for that one guy. <laughs> except for that, <laughs> that one NPR guy. Like who's probably my neighbor. Yeah, well... Previously. Right. In a previous residence. Yeah. So... You might know him. Is that an important part of some people? I mean, a lot of people are like, you don't have to do that, or we just do everything one at a time, or, or what is that? Eric, do you feel like that was part of the sound we were trying to capture? Is playing it all live and clicked in? One hundred and ten percent. Yeah, all the projects that I've had prior to meeting Matt was uh, getting the the live three parts down. Yeah, um, 
and it always tends to have the vibe. It always has that. It has just a certain feel to it that you just can't get sometimes when you're piecing it together. Yeah. It it sounds kind of uh, cliche, but it's like it's missing something if you don't do it that way. Like <clears throat> I've definitely done it the other way around, where the drummer is kind of like, you know, just playing to maybe a scratched guitar track that was laid down to a click, and it you just don't get the same energy in the room. And yeah, so- I always tend to think that the band, everyone that I've recorded in that that has uh, done done them live, I always think that the band is much tighter after the studio. Oh, no doubt. Well, and the thing too, is that like, Eric, you're in, I think the reason why we clicked so much musically is that the, you and I feed off of each other a lot, like in terms of like the energy, um, you know, you play a lot of the, fills. The and, Guatemalan-ness. <clears throat> well, it'd be interesting to see Your this Latin heat. live <laughs> show coming Chile. up because uh, it'll be the first time where we're not looking at each other <laughs> typically a, the whole practice circle. is like you know eye glances and dumb looks that's one thing we're working on with our new material Jake shoots um, his dagger looks you know for example there's going to be um a demo of a new jacob v song that'll drop tomorrow on patreon that we're celebrating at july 23rd at the heavy anchor hey jake if patreon, you want to take a second talk about the tears patreon.com slash jacob v it's only four dollars a month it's a dollar a week okay. exclusive content okay. now but one of the things that we've been talking about with other stuff that i work on is that recording it or crafting it in a group and then for example in something like this at full volume me and chris do a song my song hair that um, yeah we do that one and it's just so different live than it is on the record because of how it was recorded that was the only thing i've ever really done where it wasn't fleshed out full volume with a with a band or whatever so we're immediately going back to doing it that way with you know making everything sound the way it's going to sound live mm-hmm. before we commit anything to a recording because when you create something like in garage band abstractly right. you're just adding a bassoon <clears throat> or some shit just because you have it available um, it makes it hard to kind of focus the the vision and the context. What are your thoughts on that, though? Like, does it have to be? Man, I thought 100%. I just said a lot of things. The bassoon. <laughs> Sorry, on the bassoon. What do you have to In say about band, that? We had buffoon. <laughs> buffoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I supply the buffoon usually. Uh, no, but Jake, I mean, like from from your point of view and and your material, like, do you? Because I feel like what we have in terms of our record is we've got material that sounds one way on the record and we're doing our best representation of it live, but we're, you know, there's a lot made up for and just ener- pure energy um, where, you know, we did some overdubs that we kind of just let be on the, uh, on the recording and only on the recording. Are you like a strict, like it's gotta be, if it's going to be in the recording, it's gotta be played live or do you kind of let them be two separate Mr. Entities? Steely Dan over here. No, I mean, um, a lot of the songs are totally, I mean, that, that we've put out um, have been totally different leading up to when we recorded them, we recorded them the way that sounded best at the mm-hmm. time. And then they're kind of different since then. Um, not necessarily in their arrangement or like the timing or anything, but definitely like my approach on guitar and guitar tones. I mean, I didn't have pedals when I did my first EP. I had a whammy pedal and, and one of those angles. That was it? Yeah. So, and that's how the two deep record was. There were wow. very few pedals on the two deep record other than the whammy. Cause um, I just didn't, it was before. When was that? Had, Cause you got a lot of pedals. Yeah. Now. This is, I mean, this whole room is covered in petals it really is yeah um it is it, it's because it's I mean, awesome yeah it's it'd be awesome if it was clean and like i really want to play pool 
I know. You know what? You're the first person that has really made me feel like I wish we could play some pool down here. No, you need. It's, I think it's it a good storage nice space. Feature. I think it'd be a nice feature for the podcast to to have the pool table as an option, and then you know, no pressure. Yeah, it would. It wouldn't take long for you to be playing pool, dude. You'd be but playing also, pool I'm, f- and this is part of. I lost my virginity on a pool table. <laughs> Well, let's let's hear that story. Everybody, halt! Let's go. You know what's so funny is because Eric will make dirty jokes to us um, all the time that are just associated with words we're using in conversation, and it's fun. It's you know a thing he's really good at. You're not joking. No, I'm not. That's why we laughed at that. Is because we could tell that it wasn't that, even though the delivery was kind of funny. Um, it wasn't a joke. So this is lovely red felt on this one. (laughs) On it or under it. Under on it, it. Was on it, it. did, had, did you was... put a towel down no was that planned so or impromptu yeah, I, I don't know, if, I don't know if anybody plans to have sex on a pool table and then it wasn't really what uh, it was you've like... obviously never had a pool table <laughs> that's true, <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, guilty <laughs> that's maybe the the first time and I've it was a small high school so it was awkward show. for the rest of this it was in the high school no 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 oh i was like shit first of all what high school has a pool table i was about to say was it next to the cigarette machine Well, you know, I am a little older. Yeah. He's a Fonz. Did you have teachers that smoked uh, at school? Yeah. I had, I had my band teacher would smoke and drink coffee in the band room. My, cause yeah. my uncle is. He had the worst breath. In his 50s. No shit. <laughs> they didn't try to hide yeah. it all. No, they didn't no, pop no, no, gum no. in or they it just. It was just like, you know. Coffee and cigarettes time all day. To do your rudiments. <laughs> it almost sounded like Jake on this, this podcast. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I would love if the culture had never changed, but people were vaping instead. So, like, you're vaping on an airplane. Your doctor is vaping. If my doctor vapes, you know the world's over. Well, nine out of ten doctors uh, recommend Juul. Over from our sponsor, Juul. Juul. J U U L. Oh, I thought you meant now. the Canadian singer. Oh yeah, nine out of ten doctors do prefer Juul. She's from Alaska. She played in my high school. You know, She's Alaskan. I yeah. fucking love Juul. Yeah, And I, w- I was talking to Caroline about this last night at Nine Mile Garden, that a big part of my influence, a big part of my first relationship with music was trashy 90s pop music. I was yeah. a child, and my first favorite band was the Spice Girls, and I had that movie Ooh. Spice World. Yeah. I'd watch it over and over and over. And because I've always loved uh, music and pretty girls, and, and uh, there's the part with the Latin dancers and their Who's booties Who's your pop favorite up. Spice Girl? Ginger. I like ginger too. I'm a ginger man. Yeah, I was yeah, I like I've always liked redheads and uh and she just she had some You know, sass, secretly you know? I have a spice name for like everybody in the band. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Can I be can there I be, we go. Can I be gravy spice? No, I think you're like fanny pack spice. Fanny spice. Fanny yeah. spice. <laughs> That's awful. And t- t- Tyler Tyler's sporty spice. <laughs> But Sporty Spice is taken, isn't it? No, I, it's, but it's yeah, you. No, you're Sporty she's, Spice because of like Melanie coaching C. and everything. Oh, so she's but like Melanie so C. actually, you're naming us the existing Spice. No, girls. no, no. There's no Fanny Pack Spice. Oh, I'm yeah. not familiar with the Spice. You are just one much. of the Spice Girls' names. Okay, that works for me. You're the sportiest of our spices for That's sure. True. I almost bought a huge thing of Lion's Choice seasoning today. I was at Lion's Choice for lunch. Not a not sponsor. A sponsor. <laughs> Swear to God, I went to that line choice by you that doesn't have a drive through, and it's like some kind of old oh, world sure. bread line. Like yeah. I was in like a cubicle <laughs> <laughs> with a bunch of half of the people are wearing masks, half of them aren't. Everyone that works there is mad that people keep walking in. Yeah. Uh, 
this guy spilled horseradish sauce all over the place. Uh, I had two large beef and that Swiss. That wasn't horseradish sauce. No. <laughs> <laughs> but they're big. They sell the big thing of their seasoning for like um for like uh like eight bucks. Who got this horseradish sauce on the pool table? <laughs> well, you know what? That's why this horseradish is- sauce get on my back. <laughs> I knew we wouldn't get through this without I turned the corner to go to the trough of sauce to get my sauce while I'm waiting for the sauce sandwiches trough. to pop up. And this guy, he's just got he's got horseradish in his hair. My like he's like dangling sauce. from his face. <laughs> it was almost like in Mrs. Doubtfire where he, he puts the pie on his face. It's kind of like that G Love song. My baby's so, got sauce. <laughs> you love it. That Wait, um, so what's what's the way, Matt's uh, spice name? Real quick, I did see Jewel once. She was her. the second, like the second or third performer at one of the first Point Fest. So it was in the daytime and she nobody was paying in my high attention. School. And she just, yodeled. Tyler, like, he's she like, yodeled like for like 10 festival? minutes. I don't know. But she played in my high school and somebody Dude, threw a quarter a, at her. A, a and she got really mad. that was from back in the day when she did more of the yodely shit. Yeah. And, um, and it's a... Uh, it's like her and like a drummer and a bass player, and it's really kind of fun. Uh, but it's she like um, there's a huge lo- yodely part, and I'm like, honey. <laughs> um, but like seriously, my mom was um, a young, angry, divorced mom in her 20s in the 90s, okay. and uh, and so she had a lot of angry girl music, and it was a great era for it. We Alanis, had Alanis Morissette Alanis, and Tracy yeah. Chapman, oh, yeah. and lots of Jewel. I had Jewel's whole catalog up until like 2008. Oh, what was that tour called? Which one? The one with all the girls. Oh, Lilith Fair. Lilith Fair, right. Yeah. Right, right. Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, that every wasn't time. all that angry. It was kind of just sad. Like, that's the theme. Beat down Let's just go ahead and alienate that. my female audience. Well. No, no, no. Not at all. It's just not my favorite kind of a lineup. Mm-hmm. Well, so, great. Right. And now after, we've ruined it. And after yeah. Jewel came yeah, Stone Roses. Listen, don't tell him and Joe about Afropunk. Oh, I love Stone Roses. <laughs> Nobody paid attention to the Stone Roses. I do like. Can we call the episode that? Nobody paid. Attention. Nobody paid attention to the Stone Roses. Can we get that as a drop so we can do that as a sample anytime? Are you you're supposed to? Wait, I still want to hear Matt's spice name. Oh God, we're all over the place, but we're warmed up and things are happening. Yeah, I don't know if well, I have, have one for Matt Beardy Spice. I yeah, Beardy. Beardy Spice maybe. You guys ever thought about you know like doing like a like a tour? Yes. So yeah. I did want to talk about, so we, one thing we, we <laughs> talked about this week with, uh, we talked about, you've been silenced, Joe. We talked about, keep Googling. Well, no, this is, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull back to your point. Thermal dynamics. Um, we're still on. <laughs> so the band we're opening for on Saturday, that's July 24th at the heavy anchor is uh, youth in canvas. They had moved to Austin for a while, but then during the pandemic, he couldn't play music there. And so he's come back here. We talked about that in the last episode. Um, and his second record, I thought Texas was a free for all down there. Oh, well, yeah, well it's, but Austin's just a bad, well, I know right Austin's a little a time. Yeah. And yeah. Like, he, his appraisal of, and summary of Austin was, was it was a it, lot. It's, not, like a, it's how, not a great endorsement. And all you hear, all you hear is Austin's awesome, but he kind of gave it the, the real thing. twist that's, on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, again, moving to Austin now would be like buying Bitcoin now. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, and Joe lived in Nashville for a while, and uh, and I've visited several times, and um, and I had a similar vibe. It's like it's growing at a rate like I don't want to be a part of. If I you know work for a company like Enterprise or something, and I was like 
you know, real up and comer guy. And I was like, had a flat stomach. You know what I mean? I ate like potatoes. Like I would move to a place like that. Yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm also really, really from here. My whole family's from here. So it's harder to move. Yeah. Um, but so he's moving back and his thing with their second record, they never got really got to play together. He made his second record with a different drummer than his first record. And they never really got to tour or do anything. And so now he's working on a third record with a third drummer and they're going to be playing material from the second record. But, um, this is like spinal tap. Yeah. But he was really bummed out <laughs> in working on the third record because of, uh, he didn't know what he was going to get to do with it. He didn't know how long it was going to be until he could gig again. It had already been like six months when he started it. So, I think going into the studio during COVID made perfect sense to, cause it's, we couldn't gig the thing into the yeah. ground, but was there an appeal to, would you rather do the studio thing first? Like we did, or would you rather gig it and see where it goes and then do the studio thing? I hate gigging things into the ground and not having anything to show for it. Like a record, like a record is a great document of progress. And it's fun to listen to. I mean, I think it, it was good that we, like you said, I mean, it was COVID, so we didn't have we much didn't of an have option. Yeah, we didn't have a like choice. It. I think it was so, out of necessity. We, we some, yeah, exactly. Instead of just sitting around the basement for, you know, 12 months. Which we still did. I was afraid of. Yeah. So we uh, just did stuff. Well, you know, I feel like when you talk to people and you, you mention that you're in a band, they go, great, where can I hear your stuff? Yeah. And so everything's immediate right now, so it's not... And people don't go out because of the COVID and all that stuff. So, you know, I think that is a necessary part of the development of the band and making sure that we've got something we can share with people so that they can connect with the material. Album coming out soon. We're not exactly sure when, but there are already songs that are newer than that album too. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, we're, our set list is we're playing we're, we get four to play or five like, that are not on the album. Yeah, I think we get to play like a whole hour. Uh, both bands do. Cause it's only two bands. That's July 23rd and 24th, the heavy anchor. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> The uh, by the time you're probably listening to this, that's tonight and tomorrow night. Um, uh, but the I think that's a, a big part of the thing is that like we're excited to get to play, but like how is the second record going to be different because we got to have all this time to play stuff? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I, and I don't know that we. So usually the way that it works is I'll bring ideas to the basement. And I'll usually cut a demo of them just to make sure that I've got kind of my ideas solidified. And then we kind of fuck around with the uh, arrangement of it, you know. So one of the, or a few of the prime examples, you know, I, I kind of live my life in 170 beats per minute, right? So I just, I want everything to be at, going, you know, a mile a minute and fast and up tempo. about that? I was able to quantify during COVID my internal rhythm dropped 40 bpm i used to always be like 120 130 mm. and then routinely right around 80 90 right how did you quantify that well because i was working on material that i'm you i engineer a lot of my own stuff so i, I have to set the click track myself mm. and i send it i send stems to drummers at different places and things like that and so um i just started noticing that kind of like my newer stuff things that have been working on since covid started much slower when you write jake do you write to a click do you decide on a tempo and then write whatever you're writing or? i yeah i try to come i try to make like a like a chart like a um like i do with my cover stuff i make i, I get the lyrics mm -hmm. and then i put the chords in there and then mm -hmm. i'll if for my original stuff i'll put the bpm in there so that i don't forget it so that i can recreate the riff because i don't tab out mm. the stuff because i kind of write everything around chords anyway yeah um and so, but I try to, yeah, well, I try to get so, the but beat. like when you're Actually, writing, first, when I'm writing something, I'm probably singing it in my car and then I, I click it 
to a BPM, and then I use that to create a drum loop in the GarageBand app on my phone, okay. and I sing over that, and then I try to, by ear, will create either a bass line or a keyboard bed to try to find chords. It's usually around B-flat. Got it, got it. Okay, because I kind of do a similar thing where I just, like, I'm making phone memos of, like, whatever riff I've decided or whatever vocal thing I'm, I'm working on. And it's it's interesting that yours, it, like everything you write kind of ends up in the same BPM range because mine does too, right? And so that's where <clears throat> what's good about our process is that these guys and, and you and, and Eric, uh, especially on the drums, will be like, hey, well, let, maybe we should try something different than this, you know? So it's, it's, it's nice because I think our newer materials got a lot more dynamic. Wouldn't it's groovy. Well, it's a you little more. It's a deviation doing, too. I was a little doing bit. my nasty dance yeah. at the beginning of that. The one, the the you know the groovy one. Yeah, it's got the bass and the drums and the whole thing. The whole the whole shebang, as they say. But Sheboygan. I, I, I mean, I do think it's got more dynamic. Do you do you agree, Eric? The new stuff. Yeah. Um. I just think the the writing has progressed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just I, I don't know if it's the dynamics or just you know, we are working together cohesively. Sure, That's the yeah. thing too. And one of the things that you're going to see uh, uh, on my Patreon is an album that we never really put out anywhere other than Bandcamp with the band I was in for years called Battlestag, where we would practice every Thursday for right. years. And uh, we finally did a record ourselves. That's kind of where I learned how to do it. Like in his basement, we borrowed an old DigiDesign, like 002 council yeah. thing, yeah. Uh, Firewire thing. And uh -huh. like, you know, um, and so I think, their friends didn't like my vocals, I don't think. And I, and I think we learned so much about mixing and mastering in the process that we wanted to do it all again and never really mm. did. So we didn't put it on Spotify and stuff because they didn't feel like it was ready. But it's like one of those things that we're going we're gonna to sneak out. But it's one of those things that because we were writing it all together, if I had you know, played with a different group of people in a different environment, the music would have sounded a lot different. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like when you're adding, you know, we kind of wrote this record with... Um, your songs and then Eric's drums and then Tyler's bass right. and then right before we went into the studio I had a couple months maybe to throw keyboards on top of it but we sure, weren't changing anything now new stuff can take shape around those sounds and so is that informing like what you're thinking of when you're when you're writing stuff you have a synthesizer of mine you borrowed yeah so for sure that that's actually a, a really good point in that eric didn't think, think i was going to wheel that back around eric thought we were losing it he thought the wheels were going to come off <laughs> the wheels always come off <laughs> the wheels are gone for eric the <laughs> we're on the He's dragon yeah we're uh, dragon kids. no but we you, you're right so i've been kind of experimenting with key sounds and and trying to add different melodies to make sure that i'm leaving space for you right and that's something that i think that we didn't necessarily have in, at the beginning is just because we didn't really know where we were going to go with things and we didn't realize that we were going to have that moog sound moog <laughs> um sound in the band but now it's i think a signature of what we do and so i'm trying to be as conscious as i can of leaving space for you and and having a, a an idea of where everybody fits into the mix but to your point, we were kind of building this as it was going along, and now we're in this place where we've got a really solid setup, and we can write together, which I think is going to make a big difference for the next one. Yeah, and uh, one of my favorite local bands, I thought they were gone, just because it's been a long time since they played locally, they're called Umbrella Boulevard, and they're working on a new record right now that uh, I know that their second record was 
had a lot more, for example, a lot more guitars because they had a guitarist to write with that mm-hmm. they didn't have for their first record. And this new one's going to be even more different than that because everyone's playing different instruments kind of on purpose. And, um, and so I'm just, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, as a fan of that band, trying to imagine like, oh, what are they going to do now that they got a different thing? And, you know, historically there'll be eras in famous bands where you'll talk about different people that played with them at different times and how that affected the sound. Um, of the record, do you think we'll do the next one in the same place? Sawhorse? Yeah. I would imagine. I think so. I mean, we really vibed with I Jason. had a really positive experience. Yeah. He he just, he's really good at making you feel comfortable. You know? And I think it's because it's his business, too. Like, he's not just um, the, the engineer. The dude in the basement. He's, <laughs> he's the... He's not just engineering it, but he's engineering it as the guy that wants people to have a positive experience and leave with something that sounds really good to represent his business. Without a doubt. And it's not that every engineer wouldn't feel that way, but it's like, it's not like just the skin in the game thing, but it's like his whole thing. He makes me play with a pick, though. He doesn't make you do anything. <laughs> well, he <laughs> hits on that in that, uh, what was that movie? Turn your tone play the pick. Was it Gateway Sound or something? No, no, no. What was that movie called that I saw and I sent it out to uh, you guys? Uh, recording in progress. That's the one. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's a cool documentary. It's on Netflix or I think it was Prime. But Prime, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's about recording industry now that people are doing home recording and it's uh, filmed here yeah. in St. Louis. So super interesting and it's well, he kind of carries the good. torch for the recording industry too. Like he he kind of is like you know he he knows the history of it all and is is kind of like dialed into it like because jake what you were talking about is you know he's representing his business he takes a lot of pride in his craft and i think yeah. that that's the biggest didn't thing you that, think i was taking you to some dude in the basement oh, that's what i thought we were doing yeah because oh, yeah. well, eric goes yeah i know a guy <laughs> that's what he says i go yeah we're gonna go record and i know a guy and i'm like all right great so you know i only known eric for three or four months but at this point i'm like oh god it's gonna be like yeah, welcome to Sawhorse Studio. This is Midge, my wife. Uh, this beer's in the fridge. Let's great. go down to the cellar. It'd be great if he yelled at his mom. You know, it's like, welcome to Sawhorse. Ma! Ma! Meatloaf! <laughs> Get off the pool table, Ma! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eric's busy. Yeah. yeah uh, Eric would totally try to seduce somebody's mom. If we went to someone's home studio and they had an elderly mother... I, I didn't tell I you know who I lost my virginity yeah. to, did I? No. <laughs> Was it an elderly woman? That'd be sweet. No. Oh, okay. Well, maybe at that time, I felt like she was, but... Oh, she was a coog, though. No. Oh, Coogan? No. Steve no? Coogan. I, I, that, was a, that was about a, a year later. I had a whole... <laughs> I had a whole thing right out of high school with a with this cougar. She was 32, and I was Is that... Can we still 19. say that? Yeah. Is that... Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I was nineteen. She was thirty-two or thirty-three. Oh yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Dude, that's like a hundred when you're nineteen. Oh, I know. <laughs> when you're nineteen, like now, I, being thirty, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, thinking, she taught me some stuff. I I'll bet. Bet. I bet she oh, yeah. gave you some stuff too. Oh. Yeah, I'm still carrying that. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we're an hour in Israel yeah. and Palestine. Yeah. No, uh, no, joking, joking. Yeah, I, just, I thought it'd be a funny segue. Right to the Holy Land. I wish my, I wish I knew where my other cat was. He's usually here to fuck up the show. Um, God is good. Yes. Have you guys ever tried being famous? 
It, it wasn't for me, it. Joe. I, you know, <laughs> I just didn't really care for it, honestly. Nobody liked that one. I'm sorry. I'm the most famous person I know. <laughs> You're the most famous person I know, too. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I don't know. Your wife's probably famous. There's some, there's some fame there. Yeah. There's she has pe- some fans. Yeah. There's some, like, if you went to dinner somewhere and somebody was like, oh my God, you're. Her band was really big in Southern Utah. Yeah. That's a. Yeah, it's random. But that's a weird thing. To it's yeah, it's like the whole big in Japan thing, but. Yeah. But I, but I, she but had, I know people that have there's, been to there's Japan. There's fans. This is her, her fandom story. There's fans that got everybody in the band to sign their arms and then they got it tattooed on their on that's their arms. insane were it's insane more, yeah were these more men um most likely more i nice. mean they're they're in southern utah god i, I had a beef stick from a circle k the other night okay that was made Good by segue. amish people <laughs> what was his name and yeah. <laughs> oh my god there he is is a is a beef stick are we referring to a hot dog? Or no, we no, talking no, like a Slim Jim type. Jim. But it was made by Amish people, and it was Teriyaki Brother. Have you ever seen the Slim Jim Instagram account? No. Oh, it's yeah. Fucking choice. It's hilarious. It's yeah. real good. It's I didn't know those good. are still around. I don't see those around. Oh, they're everywhere. You're just not looking. Yeah. I gotta look at the Slim Jim, yeah. yeah. Usually right at the counter, though. They're still there? No, they have a whole section now because there's so many, there's such biodiversity in the Slim Jim market. <laughs> they got a lot of flavors and stuff. And there's different brands. Is and Macho Man Randy Savage still a. Uh... You know what is so funny? I was just at 7 Eleven yesterday getting, Not so uh, much, getting no. two bottles of my favorite um, Icelandic <laughs> spring water. It's from Glaciers. It's naturally alkaline, it's anti inflammatory. And there was an empty box of display box of Slim Jims. There's maybe two Slim Jims in there, but it's a huge box. Uh-huh. And the back of it was my. Macho Man Randy Savage giving like a thumbs up yeah. and he had a Slim Jim. And in his prime. Yeah. And he's I thought that's where they still do that because he's dead now. Yeah. No, well, it's probably because they made so many boxes. I'm about to say that box so is that old. Well, you said biodiversity <laughs> when you were talking about these Slim Jims. I'm thinking about biodegradable. Yeah. Those were probably from 1994. Yeah. They, they didn't go anywhere. They're like Twinkies. They're just, they'll survive a nuclear holocaust. There's no shelf life. What's your, uh, what's your favorite club to play in uh, St. Louis? I don't know that they've played in any. Eric has for sure. Eric's played in all of them. Me and Eric. Heavy Anchor. Me and Eric. Twenty fourth. My favorite spot is the that's the Heavy Anchor. July twenty third. July twenty fourth. Spoke on the twenty fourth. Do you, Joe? Do you have a club that you would recommend for us to play? Uh, you know, Cicero's Foo Bar. Cicero's is closed. Foo Bar's closed. It's Red Flag now. And uh, Firebird's closed. uh, What's your favorite, Joe? Creepy crawls close. Yeah. So this is so you're just. I was trying to name all the close. All the close counts. Yeah. Oh, you're doing that on purpose. Yeah. I was, it was driving me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was trying to think of another one. Current stuff that's open that I enjoy playing is Duck Room. Oh yeah, that's love a the Duck great Room. vibe in there, and the sound is always good. My Radiohead tribute band played there once. It was lit. Um, that's cool. I was sober as a bird. I played the pageant once, and that was amazing. I got kicked out of Halo Bar several times. You got kicked out of the pageant. I got escorted out very politely. They were so nice to me. I really came to midway up the ramp, and I said, what's going on? And he said, you're just fucked up, bro. I said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I got to close my tab. And he brought me my tab. I had to sit on this bench like I was getting an IV. You got an IV? No, but I was. they put oh. me in like where you put like a, someone who had a seizure or something. I was in like a medical like closet. Oh. I keep hearing about liquid IV. You guys hear that? They do that. Thing. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. They do that thing. Uh, Cover St. Louis was that uh, called? It's the uh, the show where ever undercover, uh, uh, undercover weekend. They don't if do you, it anymore. If you guys did that, what band would you do? 
What is Undercover Weekend? So you have so, to play uh, a set as another band. Yes, a you, band. you take on another band and you play a, uh, a whole set of their music. Dude, yeah, I guess it was come on, man. five songs, you, maybe. 30 minutes, usually. 30 minutes. It was, became a really big thing. They were always sold out, packed, yeah. and it was fun. What cat is this? It's all up on me and making me allergic. Are you allergic to him? I'm allergic. Yeah, dude. Oh. Well, oh, yeah. that cat is like grinding anyway. its ass on I'm already you. sitting in tons of cat hair. Yeah, so. I'm allergic to cat. Meanwhile, that cat's like right up in your face. Yeah. Well, that's why he chose you. Buddy. He's cheesing he me too. Down. His ass is all yeah, He knows. It's all right. It's a, you know. Did you call him Buddy and then say down? Have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you name? ever met a cat? Well, I wasn't talking to the cat. Uh, that's oh. King. I was looking for Hans, and that's why King is all. Ha- I think Hans is the one that hissed at me. His name's Chase. This guy's yeah. really. Or, this guy's nice. His name's Tyler. You can call him T Dog. T Dog. Um, I was looking at Jake. So yeah, so we so my band Too Deep with Lucius from the podcast. Uh-huh. Um, we did the White Stripes one year because we oh, okay. were a two piece already. We kind of started the band so that we could eventually have that opportunity. It took a couple of years, uh, and then we the following year we did Madonna with my, with our friend oh, Kim, and it was great. It was a good time, and so it, by that the end it was like each each weekend was a di- or each night was a different decade. I like of that. artists. That's cool. Eric, really have you ever played that? No, I did not. Every every band I had always split up before that could happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoops. So, what would you do if you had your choice? Um, it would definitely. I would probably say we should. Like, I would pick something from the '80s, but then give it a garagey vibe. Mm. Um, so what kind of '80s are we talking about? We're talking about like New Order. We're we talking. Poison. Poison? No, not poison. <laughs> Something that doesn't have a rock edge to it, probably, and then taking some of the polish of the 80s off of it. And, and then giving it a rock edge. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Do you, yeah, like, like this or? Uh, no, I, I don't think it would be hard to cover that kind of stuff, but maybe like like The Fix. Okay. It had a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, more than I think people realize. I think. And I I think it would be cool to strip it down to kind of basic rock elements. Right. I think The Fix is playing with uh, English Beat. English Beat, I saw I gotta go to that show, dude. Yeah, I actually want to go to uh, Squeeze. Oh, yeah. That's another good one. They're great still alive. I watched some videos because, of course, you get the older bands and it's like, I I think I'm going to look up a video first before I buy these (laughs) tickets. And but I find that those shows usually tend to be really great because they've just had so much time to get it right, you know? They're well, like, and they, they invest in it. They make it easy on themselves. Like, I saw Ringo's All-Star Band yeah. one time, and all his, ba- all his band guys were the guys that were famous in, like, the 80s mostly. Like, yeah. um, Steve Lukather from Toto was a guitar player, and <gasps> the bassist was the front man of Mr. Mister. Oh, yeah. And we all went to go get beers when he put on an acoustic guitar and played a new Mr. Mister song. <laughs> Ooh, that those was, are the worst. I was like, you I'm know what? Go. All of a sudden, $9 for a Bud Light doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it happened to me on several times, but one of the funniest times was I was out at, uh, whatever they call it now, Hollywood Amphitheater. Mm-hmm. Riverport. Riverport. And uh, my mom had given me tickets. She Somebody got them for her or whatever for Jethro Tull. And I'm like, mm-hmm. whatever, I'll go out and go see Jethro Tull. So Jethro Tull sucked bad because really? basically Ian Anderson, you know, the singer, uh, they, they, they basically did a medley of the hits for 15 minutes and then everything else rose from the new album. Whoa. So 
I remember Oof. he's like, yeah, it's a new so one Pearl from Jam the new album. Other people figured this out. Like, Next thing you know, everybody's buying beer, and I had to go to the bathroom, and all the dudes are peeing in the sinks because there was lines Oof. out the door because nobody wanted to listen to anything from Jethro Tull of that decade, <laughs> of the current decade. Understandable. Like a lot of bands figured this out though. Like we, um, I was mentioning before, real like kid pop music in the nineties was kind of my introduction into music in the first place and we saw the backstreet boys a couple years ago mm. my wife and i and all of our girlfriends and i let my wife pick the seats so they were really nice nice and they had done a las vegas residency a couple years before and so they really figured out how to pace the show and we're going to pair this outfit change with this 90 seconds of this one guy doing one part of this song and then it was a really smooth show there was not a lot of downtime mm-hmm. uh it was really great Primus was also the same way. They were going to play their new album in full, but they did like 45 minutes of the hits first, and it yeah. was their original lineup again or whatever. When How was Primus live? So good. So I good. Bet, yeah. And we, saw, like, we watched two songs seen. from the new album, and we had already seen 45 minutes of hits, and we said, okay, we did it. We did the thing. We can go. And um, and so like bands that do it that way are, are really great. Now, there's also really bad examples. Mm. My sister saw Primus at Red Rocks, and she doesn't even like Primus, and I just, I've never that's, gotten over that. That's it's yeah. bull. That would like, I'd have to do score some hard drugs just because of that opportunity. Well, sure. They're, I mean, they're kind of, so, like, so when we play there, at right? the Heavy Anchor, it's all new material. So is everybody just going to be outside and going to the bathroom? Yeah, it's cigarette break. <laughs> all night. <laughs> all night. You know, the so whole funny. set. They're talking about building a, they have a little patio where everyone smokes. It's right behind where the stage is. It's a is. big area now. Is it? Did they expand it? Yeah, it's all around the side of the building. I didn't and know that. And so she wants to add a cover thing to it. So now I it's going to be like, why go inside? I'm going to pay the cover to have access to the bathroom oh, and the balls, patio. Yeah. And then sit under cover. And sit under the covered patio. And right. you get a TJ's pizza. You could set up your whole life there. They do a farmer's market on Wednesdays. TJ's pizza. It's like high school sale pizza. Is that maybe I'm thinking of something else? But no, I think that's what they serve there. Is that what it is? I think so. so. What is TJ's pizza? It's It's just a thin crust fundraiser, like fundraiser pizzas. You know, where oh yeah, yeah. they were good. Your your baseball team would (laughs) get a catalog, and you go around to all of your family and say, "Please, please, if you ever loved me in your life, buy this nine dollars shitty frozen pizza." And then six months later, you'd get it, and then take it to them. Yeah, and then you have to you have to put it in the freezer in the nurse's office because you got to disperse them all through the building throughout the day. Dude, you got this down like you've done this. Yeah, I worked in schools for ten years after going in, in yeah. them for too long. So I mean, yeah. you get good at the. I bought a pizza lot of, day. I bought a lot of gummy wow. bears and fucking caramel popcorn and shit. Um, we should you do that tomorrow. We don't me. have merch yet, so I've we been should. Petting you and your guys uh, Saturday at the Heavy Anchor. Come see us for a TJ's pizza. We're funding the the vinyl drop of our new record, and we need to sell a million TJ's pizzas. I'm going to store them in the nurses. Yeah, vinyl production's pretty pricey, so yeah, holy we got to buy. We got to sell a lot of TJ's. Yeah, it really is. This whole process has been uh, kind of an endeavor where we decided that we weren't going to cut any corners. I think I said that earlier. So you know, we booked the studio. We you know there were some overdubs that or there were some you know just tracks that we weren't super happy with and we spent the time to go back and get them all done and um chinese democracy it's basically chinese (laughs) democracy uh yeah we were at fucking oh what's the never mind i can't ocean way we were at fucking ocean way at a thousand dollars a day with buckethead just trying to figure it out well yeah you know i mean i mean buckethead played with uh 
uh, with uh, Les Claypool. I he think. played on Chinese Democracy as well. I know he did. Yeah. So one of the best shows I've ever seen was Buckethead. And did I, he? Was it just his full stack and his NPC? Yeah. I wanted to see that so bad. He did that at twenty seven twenty here. And my buddy went and said it was awesome. He was also probably like snorting Adderall the whole time, so I bet it was. But he was like, he just like hit a button on his sampler and then shred over the track. It was un it was unreal. He was he's, he's such an incredible performer, and it was fourteen dollars. It was like the best show ever. But um, <laughs> you know, I saw a show like that with Tom Morello once. Oh yeah. So he was with um, Street Sweeper Social. Yes, Club over at Pops. Pops. They flew in for that one. Yeah, that was an amazing show, and there was. 300 people there oh and it was fantastic it was tom morello was like right in front of me yeah dude just to be in the same room as that guy like, really similar show i uh you know did uh jack johnson at uh borders when borders was still around okay that was a great show jack johnson at a Borders. yeah at a borders yeah it was pretty good a lot I of kids really see, i saw matt nathanson at Streetside records so was he at the cafe part of Borders? He was at the cafe part. It was kind of like, it wasn't Starbucks yet. Was it just a guy that was named Jack Johnson that you saw? Like I'm they not called sure out if it was name. the actual Jack Johnson. They were like, I've got a, a chai tea for Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. <laughs> and you were just like, there he is. There he's the guy. I saw him. There's the guy. And he Live. Had a guitar. Here he is. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mean any of that? Well, I didn't think. I thought it was trailing I'm off. I'm glad you're back. I missed you while you were gone. <laughs> I thought he was trailing off. <laughs> Guess who's back? <laughs> so you decided to make up a story about seeing Jack Johnson at Borders? But I you did didn't actually see Jack Johnson at Borders, but we were talking about people who use drum machines, and that's what he did. He used like a karaoke machine. So it he really played at Borders? He played at Borders to promote Curious George, uh, which ended up going platinum, that soundtrack. I'm gonna let you live in this yeah. for a minute. <laughs> so did you? So somebody was like, "Hey, Jack Johnson's playing at Borders. He's gonna do Let's Curious go. George." That was my mom. She wanted to go see him. A lot of kids were there. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a hell of a show. I didn't know that what he did there? the Curious George. So what was the pit yeah. like? There's yeah. white stripes on for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh right. That was. I mean, part of the white What white stripe song? Did the, you the splinter? The kindergarten one yeah oh uh, we can be friends the elephant record yeah he covered (laughs) that okay so you would be the fix i was just pulling that out of my ass i mean in general there's so many different bands that we could do a take on or, or i you know would but mine would have to be i mean like my favorite record ever is my first, my favorite couple records are the first couple Weezer records, and I just I think it influences our sound a lot. And I yeah, just that's would, a good one. I would I that's would a good love one to do it. That was the Onion one time put out a article about Weezer releases new ten album <laughs> box set of the Blue album, and well, that was, was it. <laughs> there was a Hard Times news the other day that said, "I wish somebody loved me as much as Weezer fans hate Weezer," <laughs> which is great. That's awesome. But that, I mean, that would be kind of what I would want to do. I think it'd be hard to ma- do our own take on it, but you know, it, maybe it would give us an opportunity to change. Yeah, they're already up, so stripped down. Yeah, well, and just you know, big guitars and you know, rock rock and roll drums. So. But I just, I don't know if I could really stray too much. We, we all like cake a lot too, for the most part. Ooh, so that would be a fun that'd one. That'd be to a good do. one. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Because you couldn't, if you didn't have the trumpet, you could do all kinds of things. Yeah. Good to know. Is it just this podcast, Jake, or is it all of the podcasts <laughs> that they hate? 
Jake is wading through Jake the cans to get back the to the con control module here. <clears throat> like, is this is this uh, is this how all the podcasts feel? Like you're like Joe has to like step in to try and make things interesting. No, it's interesting. You guys were done. Do your, do your job. We got Joe's little, stamp of go approval. No, 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 no. Just like because that happens. That's when that happens. So that's when he does his most problematic material. Yeah, I know. He's a liability. Uh, yeah, it really is. Um, so we, we've been at this a long time, uh, and there's so much more we could talk about. There's so much more in store and, uh, and <laughs> it was, uh, it was the hard times that did it. The ultimate Weezer box set is just 12 copies of the blue album. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It so funny. blinded by stereo, new power pop garage, kind of forward rock band, St. Louis debuting for everyone other than VPs at Enterprise, Saturday <laughs> at the Heavy Anchor, July 24th, opening for Youth and Canvas. Music starts at 8 o'clock. Do not be late. Um, We should do this again. We yeah. achieved some Holy Spirit there. For we could a do a follow-up podcast after the show. After, after the show. show. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah, yeah. I can and just go should. around with a microphone, but no camera. Just like, how do you feel about the show? Oh, we should do the audience. That's a good. Do the audience. I don't yeah. know if I like that idea. I don't want to have to publish it. We just, I mean, it's the yeah. you know you have to collect. The, you have to have evidence of voice, but you don't have to employ any of it. Yeah, I mean, maybe we could do like a live poll during the show, and just are you having? That's what we could do. I could say, is everybody having a good time? And then, we, then people would. That'd no. be groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Bevo. Vote on the app. Hello. What's up, Bevo? What is Bevo, by the way? That's that neighborhood. The Bevo Mill. There's oh. a big no. mill at the end of the Because people keep asking me where it is. I'm like, St. Louis? Missouri? Because I'm not a native. Bevo. It's on Gravelway. Bevo Mill. Bevo Mill. I've never yeah. heard of and it And the either. Bevo Mill was built for uh, August Bush, yeah. and he would stop there on his horse and buggy on his way out and to- rape a slave. Well, maybe wow. it was like it's seriously those I'm people problematic one and he would take gravoy all the way out to uh grant's farm and then and so the he would stop at bevo he had bevo built so he could stop there from the brewery <laughs> and have <laughs> beers and then continue uh, riding out to so he built himself a way point yeah to drink beer yep and allegedly guy had to figure it out allegedly uh attack the help you can look it up hmm Oh, so you weren't just riffing there. That's a that's a thing. That's a thing. I mean, I'm that's I mean, an educated he guess. He is a school teacher, you know. You just said we could look it up, but it's an educated guess. I didn't look it up. I said you can look it up. Oh, I got you. Okay. I bet you you'll find some shit. I bet you he was up to no good. Okay. So you're just You you're certainly implied that. <laughs> you're delegating research is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Got and it. you know what? I'll put that on anything. I'll go to war with the whole Bush family. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> okay. That would be a real boost for me. If I could get those headlines. Local podcaster fucking <laughs> murdered by that's the why, Bush family. That's why I think canceled. You know how good the Patreon would would debut if yeah. I got murdered by Augie Bush Jr. Well, they've got the that third? InBev money now, dude. They can. They'll send a Dutch yeah. assassin in a drone. Yeah, haven't the Bushes had some murder kind of stuff going? That's on? what I'm fucking saying. <laughs> out in they the were couch. raping slaves and they crash helicopters no, when just, they're drunk. Yes, out in Frontenac. The wolf JFK crashed his own helicopter. He like crash landed his helicopter hammered drunk. Yeah, no, well, I think killed. that's a Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not joking. It no, really happened. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, Wolf out Wall in Frontenac, some girl died in the mansion. It was that was Tommy Lee. No, uh, no, we're not joking. This is old. Lee this, Harvey, is, this is local Oswald. dogma, brother. Yeah, it oh. happened probably 20 years ago. Oh, oh. here's the thing. I was thinking about this because my stepdad is uh, uh, a great guy and uh, taught me a lot. 
And he also does this thing where he's like, you know, fucking 20 fucking years ago. And I have to remind him, Donnie, it's 2021. So when you say 20 years ago, he means 40 years ago. Mm, he's I do thinking, that too, though. Like, he's th- he like is thinking that, you know, 1973, brother, 20 years ago. I'm like, that was like fucking 100 years ago, dog. Yeah, but they made such a big deal about the new millennium. That I feel like I, had a I gauge. I had yeah. a baseball hat. It was blue with a red bill, and it had a little digital clock counting down to the millennium. Pretty much. So I wish you. Do you have that? Can you wear that at the show? No. Everyone always asks me that. I don't Fuck. have it anymore. So I um, I feel like anything that everyone asks me that. Yeah. Everybody. The year two thousand is like the Mendoza line because I think they made such a big deal of it that now when I think of something that's new, I'm like, if it's after the year two thousand, I'm like, oh yeah, that that new record. By those guys, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's from ni- 2002. Some of my favorite stuff is like, you realize, oh my God, that's going to be 20 years old, but it happened at, like, again, like you said, like after nine 11, when, you know, the war crimes Yeah, and Halliburton, we've talked about it on the show before. We don't have time to Tyler has to go to bed. Yeah. Tyler's sleeping. <laughs> I mean, but it, I mean, that's real, the follow up episode. We, that's, that's fine. I mean, we need to follow up on that. We write this down. We need to do the whole. We're just going to go frame by frame through loose change, and we're going to do a live reaction video. Maybe? Reaction. Did we ever yeah. get the thermodynamics figured out? Or? He, oh, yeah. That's, we're going to put a pin in that, though. Yeah. I think Snopes got, on, got a hold of that. And <laughs> Media Matters and it's, the globalist yeah, agenda. They, they fucked my shit right the up. The Drudge they, Report. Yeah. The Drudge <laughs> Report. Here we go. Yeah, and that guy lives in a bunker. I mean, what's he know that I don't know? So you know that the podcast is going well when the when the engineer is packing up his things <laughs> while like, you're talking. He's about doing it earlier. That's good. Just yeah, saying like, it's time to go. No, that's good. Yeah. Blinded by Stereo, Saturday night, the Heavy Anchor. That's July 24th. Thank you for listening to Jacob B. Weekly. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts: Spotify, Deezer, uh, Dozer, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Again. Uh, original music by Jacob V uh, on all those same platforms coming launching tomorrow patreon.com slash Jacob V exclusive material uh, we got the rest of the year kind of booked out already uh, it looks like what, what month is it uh, and again blinded by stereo new record coming very 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 soon we did it be safe high five <laughs>